0: Hello and welcome to The Layer of Secrets, a podcast about exploring... Evidently, I'm not ready. My tongue is not ready. (laughs) Welcome to The Layer of Secrets, a podcast about exploring the sprawling caverns of gaming, hidden treasures of geekdom, and the unexpected intersections of reality. Uh, I am David Moore,
1: and I almost survived NaNoWriMo. And I'm Ken Newquist, and I'm a stranger in a strange land. And that strange land is Windows, specifically Windows 10, which I haven't been to in quite some time. <laughs> that is where or i live have been? a lot of time. I, I live in yes, Windows a lot of
0: time. Uh, I miss I miss Mac OS. But uh, yeah, you asked me uh, other than Windows. Uh, I actually uh, was on a, a trip. My kids are. Senior in high school and and also in college. And so uh, getting family trips together has been harder and harder. And so Aaron this year uh, managed to find us a uh, an affordable cruise vacation to Mexico and Honduras and such. Uh, We saw some Mayan ruins, uh, which was pretty awesome. Uh, We uh, danced on a catamaran in not Cancun or was that? I don't remember. Uh, it's across the, it's across on an Island across from Cancun, but, uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun. We went there, we spent a lot of good quality family time. And, uh, I have some ideas that we'll talk about a little bit later about, uh, let's see, where was it? Uh, I don't know. It's sometime later I put in a note about uh, part of the trip oh right after what I'm talking about right now evidently and now yeah. is now <laughs> uh, yeah so now yeah n- now is now where we had talked about before about uh when I had gone to Porto uh Portugal that was something that had inspired us to do an episode on travel this one uh was in Belize and there is still an aftermath from the last set of hurricanes in Belize wow and okay. You know it's it is not a the areas we were in were very kind of poor areas and just like seeing that plus the damage from a hurricane um, you know uh, was uh, pretty unsettling for me that you know like coming from Midwestern United States, uh, you know, it's it definitely a culture shock thing, and uh, I would really like it if more people around the world could live at the level that we do here in America. But at the same time, uh, it also sparked the gaming side of my brain, which is I had never seen a hurricane happen in a game setting. I think that would be kind of cool not only during the hurricane, but just the aftermath of a hurricane. Like especially if you're running mm-hmm. a sci-fi, not a sci-fi. Well, yeah, I mean if we're running cyberpunk, having Night City get hit by some sort of tropical or or a uh, typhoon. It'd be a typhoon because it would be on the Pacific Ocean. But you know, like who knows what the weather's like in you know 2045. Right. Right. So you totally could get hit by that. But you know, also. Uh, You know, with D&D, it's mostly medieval style fantasy. Having something like that hit there is uh, pretty impactful there, too. So something to something to think about there.
1: Yeah, I actually did a a number of years ago when we were running our prequel campaign to the Black Razor Guild. Uh, It was set in the early days of our homegrown city of Obsidian Bay on the Beaumars, which is this peninsula in the world of Greyhawk. And it's right on a, a pretty massive Ocean slash sea. It's called the Azure Sea. I was using random generation charts. There's this great website which would generate random weather for a month for for Greyhawk, and uh, the Greyhawk glossography also has like random tables you can actually use dice with. But that takes a really long time. This is just a program (laughs) you click a button, and one of the results was blizzard, like a three day blizzard. Nice. And so, uh, and that the climate is probably more like uh, North Carolina, I think is how we've always kind of imagined it. Um, but so we just, we had for whatever reasons, that we didn't get into the the media Medi- RG. <laughs> Neither one of us could talk tonight. <laughs> the meteor, the weather, the, the science. Meteorology. I'm sure there's a, thank you. That's the go. word. <laughs> I knew there was a word for it. Um, <laughs> anyway, we didn't get into the why of it, right? There's an, a lot. There's a, an alignment of weather systems that lead to this massive blizzard, right? And it's and it's a medieval city that's in the process of growing, and it has a lot. Like they had just erected the city wall. It had seen an influx of, I think, like, refugees and settlers from other areas, and they're all mm-hmm. just living in wooden shacks, right? They're they're basically just trying to get by um, there's refugees from war and what have you and so this blizzard hits and it crushes all of the you know, three feet of snow get dropped there was during the blizzard itself we actually had a revenant show up and try and like kill the person who had killed it. so there's this whole like in the darkest of night in the deepest of winter suddenly this man come you know this undead horror comes to reclaim a lost soul the soul that killed it right um, mm-hmm. And so the pcs are trying to come up with solve this mystery in the middle of the blizzard. And then uh meanwhile, there was a different PC group because I was running two campaigns in the same setting at the same time who got caught out in the wilderness in the blizzard, knew it was coming, couldn't do anything to avoid it. So I had to figure out how to survive the blizzard. And they're like, hey, you know, there's that fight we had with that ogre. Like two months ago, we should find that cave because I think it's close yep. to here. Right. Yep. And then in the after effects of it, the PCs took it upon themselves to go to neighboring countries trying to. um basically get relief supplies to help rebuild the damaged parts of the city, establish um, like proper buildings for the people who had lost there, these kind of ad hoc um, lean to type structures in the city. So it, cool. it inspired like six months worth of campaign, just a three day blizzard. So I agree Very with cool. you, whether it can be fantastic.
0: Yeah, real life, uh, the, there is a well bandied about, uh, I would almost call it legend now in Chicago politics that Chicago has a huge amount of money thrown into clearing the roads every, every winter. And part of the reason for that is there was a real, there was a really big blizzard one year, probably I think it was about 20 years ago or so. And the streets were not cleared and there was a big, big problem. And the mayor at the time got booted in the next election Because they didn't clear the streets in time streets in an orderly manner. And ever since then, every mayor has made sure that there was plenty of funding for clearing the roads. Right. I would say the I would say uh, the only other thing travel wise is what I was saying is uh, it was really nice to be able to continue my NaNoWriMo um, Mm. because I could, you know, like we I'd wake up. Not a, my entire family wasn't necessarily awake. I'd go up a deck. We were one deck below where all the food was and I'd get myself a cup of coffee and go sit out and look at the ocean and and write, um, which was pretty amazing. Uh, that, still that was fantastic. Several days I hit m- enough or more of the NaNoWriMo uh, word count. If I had made it every single day, I would have been completed. But I'm not going to I'm not going to win NaNoWriMo this year. It was it was interesting. It was good. Um, And a lot of uh, I didn't really have a plot to my novel with the air quotes. Um, So there's a lot of little (laughs) vignettes from different character point of views uh, writing as if written in the Dyson fall setting, basically. Gotcha. So um, it was it was fun. It was a it was a really good trip, uh, and I am glad to be off the boat and back home. But at the same time, I would be okay to be back on another
1: boat. So cool! I have never been, so <laughs> maybe one of these days we'll do it. But t- to date, we have not. Um, yeah. Well,
0: you could if you haven't been yet. You could craft a boat, say in Tailspire. Since in tailspire, yes, since this is my yes. w- amazing segue into your talking about how you have gotten into tailspire as well.
1: Yeah, so I've been so I, I'm going to be uh, pre- I'm preparing to run Cyberpunk. And part of that was we've talked about wanting to run uh, some of the maps and what have you in tailspire. So I'm like, OK, I got to learn this thing. So uh, my family was away on Sunday, so I got to sit down in my game room for like four or five uninterrupted hours and just... <laughs> Play with Tailspire, nice. and by play with Tailspire, I meant I mean prepare to play with Tailspire because uh, I had to do a lot of setup, and it wasn't Tailspire's fault; mm-hmm. it was my own fault. So I run, I'm running Tailspire on an old 2013 iMac that's like totally maxed out with RAM, which, uh, and it's not. I should be clear. I'm dual booting into Windows 10 on my iMac because it doesn't actually run on Mac OS, which is totally fine. Right. Um, but I had, you know, I have it mapped. I have it uh, paired with an Apple Cinema display, also of a vintage of like 2010 or whatever. It's, it's good hardware. It's just old. Right. And so I, I, I found myself on these just endless yak shaving expeditions where I needed to figure out how to do a thing so that I could do a thing so that I could do a thing. Right. Gotcha. So I got Tailspire up and running. I fire it up, but it will only display on the on the on the IMAX screen i want it to display on the cinema display but like i launch steam on the cinema display it won't actually appear so then there's like okay well how do you do this and i'm like post it out to dice camp and like twitter and stuff does anybody have an idea and so it turns out there's like a full screen mode in tailspire that if you toggle the button to windowed mode you can then move it to whatever you want it to be on whatever screen you want it to be on re-enable full screen mode okay and uh then that becomes the screen that it will load on got it Kind of counterintuitive, but it worked. And like, meanwhile, I'm like launching Half-Life on this uh, Mac again, really old Mac. So there's only so many things they can run, <laughs> but it's <laughs> launching on the right screen. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I take for granted when working on my Mac because it's my day-to-day computer. So like, do I have a text editor installed? Do I have a photo editor installed? Right. Like I wanted to be able to, to mess around with the maps and, right. um, My 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 overall goal here, I should state my purpose was to take the there's two maps in uh, Cyberpunk easy mode, uh, Cyberpunk Red easy mode, which is Mm -hmm. what I want to run as a one shot, both for our group and for my my Sunday group. And I wanted to just take those and map them into uh, into Tailspire, Easy peasy, right? Except. Out of the box, Tailspire does not provide you with a way of importing a two-dimensional map and using it as the basis for your own construction. They do not, right? And I noticed that you so, found the same plugin that
0: I did, which was the the image to plane plugin. Um yes. Which means you went down the yak shaving. I'm guessing you went down the yak shaving <laughs> thing of how do I mod Tailspire? Okay, yes. it's R2 mod man. Let's let's go down <laughs> that
1: ra- that rabbit hole. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so many many yaks gave their fur coats for uh, <laughs> for my very rudimentary map, um, and so but ultimately I was able to get to the end right, and so I'm reading like the instructions. I found a YouTube tutorial. I'll include links to these in the show notes. Gentlemen, walk me through how to do it. Cool, great. So I finally get it into Talespire. It's like I'm three hours into this particular. Excursion, but that's okay. I'm now remembering how to use Windows, and it's going to work. I Mm -hmm. have the cyberpunk assets, right? Because they're just cyberpunk is now part of or cyberpunk slash sci-fi is now one of the default assets within Talespire, which is very cool. And uh, I start drawing built rooms, right? Like because the basically the map is your. I think you're in a warehouse district, right? And uh, the problem is, is that the walls on the the Battle Taylor. map that comes. Oh, okay. ti- yeah, well, yeah, no, the actual physical map, like the map that comes with the module, right? Right, are really thin. Yeah, they're like they're like uh, I'm holding my fingers. They're up, like wafer thin. Yeah, they're wafer thin. They're yeah. they're like an eighth of an inch yeah. in thickness, right? Which is th- and, which is
0: thicker than old school maps where it was just like let's draw a line on the line on the grid paper. You know. Yes. So, but yeah, See, walls really better- walls have actual <laughs> thickness. And when you're doing a, a tailspire map there, th- most of the walls in tailspire are about a quarter, I think, of the thickness as a standard like uh, square in tailspire.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, they're about a quarter of the width of the regular square. So I ended up with some very nice little huts. <laughs> which just weren't going to do it. So mm-hmm. I got to a decent point. I understood what I was doing. I think what I probably need to do is double the size of the map. Right. So because so to, to take a step back again, tailspire has a grid just like, you right. know, your standard sort of D20 grid. Right. Or any role playing game grid. And so you can you and you use that as the basis for laying down the items that you're putting within tailspire, just like, a, like you're laying down stuff on a battle map. Um, and so what you're trying to do with the map, and what this extension did was basically allow you to once you had to import the map itself, but then you also needed to kind of eyeball it to get the grid to more or less align with the tailspire grid. Right. And I went one for one, one hex for one or one hex, one square for one square, map to tailspire, and it's just too small. So yeah. I think I double it, I should be okay.
0: Yeah, I, I think on the mod it says it's like 20 or 40 pixels. Per, tailspire square, um, yeah. that you that you put it on. Um, it I think it says it in the in the write up on it. Um, it's been a little while since I looked at it, but uh, yeah, it was one of those things where when I was doing the map of the um, symphony hall, which is which comes from Cyberpunk Red, the first adventure in Cyberpunk Red that you go to. There's not really a spoiler there. Um, it, it's a location. Uh, and like I mapped the whole thing, but there were areas of it that was like, yeah, this doesn't work in tailspire. I'm going to alter the geometry a little bit. It's true to the spirit of it. If not direct, even though it's not directly, uh, true to the actual
1: map. Right. So I'm going for something thematically appropriate, right? Like if there's going to be a familial resemblance to the actual map that was in the module, but Yeah you can
0: only get so far well the nice thing is with tailspire you can also say each square is equal you there's a setting for the campaign that you have that says each square is equal to like one meter or five feet or six feet or two meters and so like if you double the size there might be two tailspire squares but you can say that's one meter so that when um, when you're drawing your area of effects right. or your line of sights or whatever, you get an actual accurate measurement. Right. Gotcha. So,
1: so that's good. I I got pretty pretty far, and I wanted to. I was. I knew you were on vacation, so I was resisting the temptation <laughs> to like, hey, David. I hit this pro- problem, David. David, how do I fix this, David? Because <laughs> you were really, like that much further ahead of me, right? <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I, yeah, I'm not very much uh, ahead of you, um, especially not anymore. But uh, yeah, that would have been interesting. We did have Internet because my kids both needed to. My kids both needed to do homework over. For some reason, they needed to turn in homework during the Thanksgiving break, which Like teachers, why did you do that? Um, But uh, so we had to purchase an Internet package. So we technically had Internet, but it was only one device at a time.
1: Um, And you'd have
0: to switch the device if you wanted to switch stuff out. So occasionally we would have Internet and I did. And my cell plan does have like international data, so I could have gotten it. But the likelihood is that you would have it would have been at least a day before I got back to you. So it was going <laughs> to yeah. be a lot easier for you to just Google it.
1: <laughs> yes, and I got there. It was a, it was happy. Right. It was a happy time because I got to like just like play around with new technology, which I don't always get that the opportunity to do that yep. as much yep. as I used to at work. So it was it was cool. Yeah. I also had to fend off numerous distractions. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, uh, that it, it was until yesterday is actually when I think every almost everything arrived. But I got my my copy of Cyborg, which I'm holding up for the screen. <laughs> very cool. Which For those of you who are watching the stream, it is it, it's every bit as like crazy bonkers in its layout as Morkborg. That's pretty um, cool. It's it's, yeah, it's it looks very pretty. Oh, it's very pretty. They do amazing stuff with just like fonts and color. And there's like a ton of just like atmosphere packed into every page, just like with more Um And it's 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 cyberpunk adjacent, right? Because it's a it takes place in a futuristic city. that's like suffering from an apocalypse or so. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet, but it's got okay. that more Borg aesthetic. Everything is terrible and getting worse. Um, so <laughs> you're not in a good head state this winter. I do not recommend picking it up, but it is very pretty. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I'm
0: probably in a really good headspace for it. Like in in terms of I've read Neuromancer, I've read uh, all the short stories in Burning Chrome, um, and I'm twelve hours in, um, which is about halfway uh, into Seven Eves. Um, OK, yeah, that's that's going to be pretty dark, and, which is pretty dark. Uh, and so, yeah, like I, I there's a lot of world ending like like or just like people ending sort of apocalyptic type stuff that I've been reading lately. I, I think I need to find some bunnies. Oh, interesting yeah. thing about Neuromancer, though, uh, that I did not realize. Spoilers for those of you who who have not read it or or read Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> Or watch the movie Johnny Depp. <laughs> Johnny's dead. So he and Molly Millions, who is named Jane in the movie, um, and then Johnny being uh, Keanu Reeves. Uh, later on in Neuromancer, Molly Millions says, "Hey, I was uh, hung out with Johnny. We did this thing, and then a few months after we like completed that job." An assassin came in and killed Johnny. So yeah, I
1: totally missed that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like
0: just a couple of sentences talking about how, you know, she had she had like a boyfriend before, sort of thing, um, gotcha. and then and 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 evidently they had continued to use Jones uh, in in the short story. They continued to use Jones as like that quantum interference detector to find out. Uh, like everything he ever stored in his brain um, that then got pulled out left left artifacts and so they okay. kept scanning that section, finding all the dirt that had been stored oh, in his yeah. brain yes. Yes, and I then blackmailing that now. <laughs> his former employers to get money and one of the former employers, is or or one of the former, yeah, I guess employers. Uh, one of one of his former clients happens to be the same people that they're kind of up against in Neuromancer, and they send one of their
1: thawed assassins after Johnny and and kill Johnny. Gotcha. Yes, yeah, so I I read Count 0 and I am currently on Mona Lisa Overdrive and then I think I'm going to do Snow Crash and then I might round it out with Ready Player 1 and then I'll probably have had enough uh mm. Cyberpunk for a little bit once I throw in Cyborg too. So Burning Chrome <laughs> is
0: really good. It's a it's a series of short stories. Um, yeah. And the original the original short story for Johnny Mnemonic is in there, which is very mm. different than the movie, but it has the same it is it's very different than the movie. However, it is much closer to the movie than do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep was to
1: Blade Runner. <laughs> like you, you could see the DNA <laughs> at least in, right, in the right. story. Um, um, <laughs> I also, I also, the, uh, th- the work in progress PDFs for Mothership dropped on Monday. So the player oh. survival guide, uh, Warden's operation manual and gradient descent, which is a module. Oh my. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's uh, also, you know, it's got that dark grittiness, right? Like, you know, oh, yeah, this could totally be homework. I'm going to steal some of this stuff for Cyberpunk mm-hmm, Red. Mm-hmm. I-, I can spend a few hours reading this. No, mm-hmm. no, no. I'm going to finish reading Cyberpunk Red, damn it. Um, <laughs> and they also released a, a Mothership Companion, um, which is an iOS Android app for Mothership. So I want to nice. try that out because they will run Mothership at some point. There is
0: a... Cyberpunk Red Companion app that's third party but yes. endorsed by our Telsorian games. Um yes. and will allow you to do character creation and stuff like that, too. Yeah, if we use that, that too. But
1: we'll see. Yeah, I think it could be useful for especially for like my Sunday game. I think once people yeah. understand the actual like underlying rules, you know, it might be an easier way to to create characters rather than doing it all longhand. Yeah, I think for the stream, I picked I had picked up uh
0: the cyberpunk red roll twenty mm-hmm. thing. So I think we'll use Tailspire for the maps, but I think we might be able to use roll twenty for everybody's character sheets. Gotcha. Or we'll just use plan and paper, you know, or or pencil and paper. You don't write your character sheets and pen, people.
1: <laughs> oh, and in the in the twitch stream I see Groupproof has uh has started hardwired by uh, Walter John Williams, which I should probably read. I should probably add to the list because it is so uh, pivotal or foundational, I should say, to cyberpunk red. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't remember where it was,
0: but someone mentioned an Omni article and linked to it of a short story, like when they had first got started getting into cyberpunk and such. And it turns out that the short story was by Walter John Williams as well. Um, so I have a, I have a link to it. Um, it's hosted on his site and it's actually a physical scan of the old Omni magazine. <laughs> we can probably put that in there as well. If people
1: yeah. want uh, uh, cyberpunk short stories. So I got a lot of stuff to do over the Christmas break. The other thing I'm hoping to do over the Christmas break is, uh, is game. Right. And, and actually get together with my friends over the Christmas break. And so this is, mm-hmm. this gave rise to actually it was your idea. Um, yeah. Talking about keeping your gaming group going during the holidays, which I think we, we haven't touched on this a couple of times in the past. It's yeah, hard. <laughs> yeah,
0: usually, uh, usually it's me um, lamenting that the group is gone uh, or something, uh, because uh, to recap, I was running a Star Wars 5E. So it's like Star Wars, but it's based on fifth edition d and um, mm-hmm. Been running a, a game with that, but Due to um, color guard competition season, had to put that on hold for a while. And then right as we could do stuff, well, that's when we were going on the cruise and that's when Thanksgiving happens. Um, And so now it's after Thanksgiving. Um, This weekend might be possible for us to get together. (laughs) Next weekend uh, is not possible due to a work event um and then you know like then we're already pretty much into the travelish season for a lot of people for christmas time and new years um and so you know in the past many games that may have been going strong for an entire year end up falling apart at the end of the year due to thanksgiving christmas new years you know that that trifecta of real
1: life interruptions Yes, definitely. Yeah, at work we call we we like to say uh, December and January are not real months, right? Because everyone's right. Like, oh, we're going to get the guys I work at a college, and everyone's like, oh, you know, when the semester's over, I'm like, no, 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 grades are due the week before Christmas. All the faculty or or like like days before Christmas, all the faculty are trying to get their their stuff graded. Mm-hmm. You come up for air for 2 seconds and you're like, "Oh, I can do stuff in Jan-. yeah, we booked January and July. <laughs> there is no January." <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you I mean, there a couple of snowstorms and you know, yeah. you're, you're it's just a mess. Yeah, it's just, it's very
0: similar on the on the non-academic side, you know, like everybody's planning and actually taking their vacation that they hadn't taken all year in the December month. Um they're trying to get stuff uh wrapped up. Uh, their, you know, uh, end of year spending is you know, mm-hmm. tapped out basically. So they'll let you know they'll, unfortunately, a lot of people will let people go shortly before Christmas, um, which I think sucks. Uh, it always sucks. but and then they'll start picking it up in January again. but basically nothing really gets done in in December fast and nothing and then everything is slowly starting to pick up again in January. It's which is funny because in college, that was this time of year was prime gaming time.
1: Yeah, that's right. Everybody's home.
0: <laughs> I run I ran one of my favorite games of all time, which was a, a vampire. The masquerade game mixed with uh, a little bit of werewolf. Um, so World of Darkness, first edition. We had started it like I think we had actually started it over Thanksgiving break.
1: Um, mm. So like we
0: had the Thursday Thanksgiving and then Friday, Saturday and part of Sunday, like my college friends who didn't go to the same college that I did, but they, everybody came home. We all got together and we played. Uh, and I think that's when we started. And then over proto, well, not proto, it was fully fledged email, but college email, you know, right. Unix level email, not Google or Yahoo. They weren't around Fine. then. Yeah, it was pine or elm. Uh, <laughs> pine is pine is not elm. The so we we kind of continued it there, and then when everybody came back home for Christmas, every single time we got together, it was like, hey, David, can you run Vampire? Like, it, right. in fact, at one day was like, hey, let's play Vampire. It's like I don't have any books or dice, and you guys don't have any characters. I don't care. Let's play. And so we did for like (laughs) 10 hours and it was amazing. But then, you know, after college, like life gets in the way, trying to get together with family, you know, especially growing families, it gets, it gets a lot harder.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, we, my gaming group's been together for, uh, uh, long time six <laughs> years <laughs> and it's had different compositions we're at a different place now than we were before the pandemic or 10 years ago or what have you mm-hmm. and i think some of the things that worked well for us at different stages especially in the pre-kid phase early young kid phase was we we're always good about planning so we would plan out our calendars a uh, quarter in advance and say okay this is what we know is coming up Right. So we have we know what the holidays are. So we plan our sessions around, you know, whether or not a holiday is coming. But then also knowing because there's it's not a surprise, folks. The holidays happen every single year. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not like we, we generally speaking, do not add a lot of new holidays. So it's coming right. Winter is coming. So prepare for it. Right. In July, you can talk about. And I know it's crazy, but you can talk about it in July. Who's going to be home for Black Friday? What are your plans for Black Friday or the, or the Thanksgiving weekend? Who's going to be available Christmas week? Some people have off from work. Some people take off from work. Some people like reduced work or it's just, you know, it's a, it's a slow time. So it's easy enough for them to to play a game in the middle of the week where, you know, we're up till two in the morning where you wouldn't necessarily want to do that during a regular, re- regular time. Um, mm-hmm. Hell, are people around uh, around for New Year's. Right. And and st- figure that out and then defend that time. So for many years, Black Friday was when my group got together and played Arkham Horror. That was just it was board game afternoon. All of everybody else, like spouses, they're off shopping. Mm. Some spouses would come and play with us. Right. In my family, um, my wife and the kids would always go and make cookies at my mother in law's house. So they had fun making cookies. I got fun playing, uh, you know, slaying extra dimensional beings and then getting devoured by Cthulhu. Nice guys should do. In that game, as you do. Well, the point is, you know, it's coming. So plan and then yeah. you figure out, would you want to do something on, on New Year's Eve? Other people go out. You could stay in. Right. Yep. And uh, your group was much more organized than any of my groups ever have ever been. So um,
0: I'll have to I'll have to see if we can do that and, and actually start planning that, that that far ahead. I used to, in the early kid days, uh, run run a New Year's game. You know, it'd be it would always getting everyone together for the stint, for the regular game can be very difficult, even if you do plan right. ahead. And so right. I would run I would run a one shot similar to I think similar to your Arkham Horror Day. I would run a one shot with pregen characters on New Year's. Right. And, uh, you know, it, the favorite one of mine was uh, I I made. Thirty characters. Um, using the old Tri-Stat system. Nice. It was basically it was surviving the game meets Chronicles of Riddick. Um, I may have mentioned it here before on the podcast, but it was everybody got a one, a, a free cruise and <laughs> on a space liner and uh, they sat down on crematoria and were told, run. one person refused and so they burned them alive in the airlock the 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 rigged airlock for just such an occasion and i handed that player a new character and the rest of the the rest of the players got it (laughs) so we had a lot of fun i think we went through like 14 different characters that day different situations about everybody trying to survive it was it was a lot of fun so like having that one-shot style Or board game, which is generally a one shot sort of thing, I think is a really good way to allow the group to get together. Um, And I think I mean, one of the reasons why we game is to hang out with our friends. Exactly. And that's the thing to really remember. It's not about the continuity of a particular game.
1: It's about the continuity of hanging out with your friends. Right. And I think it's a lot of gaming groups. I think, you know, once you lose momentum, losing momentum can kill the group. And so even if you only meet once in December, but everybody had a blast that that might just be enough to carry you forward. Right. So think yeah. about your alternative games. One of the things that's been was cool for us. Um, I haven't done it in a while, but, you know, I think as we transition to the uh, kids in college phase you know invite back old friends who don't have time for a campaign everybody's gone their old there are separate ways but hey they'll always, they're always down for a board game right so why don't you come and hang out right so other people may not be able to make it but old friends might be able to show up you know break out some new board games that showed up underneath the geek tree mm-hmm. uh, that's always always handy people are drawn by new games like you say r- run a one-shot like <clears throat> alien <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> And um, then, but and then w- sorry go ahead well I, I was just gonna say
0: you run the one shot and then those friends that you maybe haven't been in the game group a while are just like hey why don't you join us for another one shot yeah. this next group or maybe like yeah. a, a double shot you know we have two weekends in a row and then Ooh. and then they get <laughs> then they join back into your campaign
1: yeah i think um Another thing you can do is, is go asynchronous, right? So my, Mm -hmm. my group used to have a lot of fun with, uh, with post fests on our forum where we're like, okay, we're not going to meet for December, but you know what? We can flesh out this part of the world that we're planning on using next year anyway. So why don't we just do that? Or, you know, you're working, you're doing your own design work during the month of December, but you're sharing it with your friends and getting feedback. Um, it's again. It's 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 like keeping momentum, right? Like there's right. this just this touchstone of like, ooh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for the next thing. But I think to your point, it is about getting together with your friends. It's not necessarily about getting together with your friends to game. And so you could have a holiday party. Yep, normal people do it all the time. Oh, invite yeah. spouses, invite kids. Like, see, my friends aren't as strange as you thought they were, or they're exactly as strange as you thought they were. But it's okay because we're hanging out and just chilling with it like your good old fashioned holiday party, right? Um, a lot of movies come out in December these days. Go see a movie together, mm-hmm. right? Um, or maybe play some video games online. Yeah, or uh, or watch a movie
0: at home with everybody. You know, Get a, right? Bring pop some popcorn and make some cookies and have everybody sit down and uh, have a, have a hoot and holler at the, what was it? The uh, guardians of the galaxy holiday special, which we haven't watched it yet. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I watched it. And have you seen the promo for it? I have. So, you know, Kevin Bacon's in it. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's a great setup. It is. It is (laughs) not as bad as the, it, it is so bad. It's good. It's in that quality. <laughs> of, it's so bad. It's good. It is not the
1: Star Wars holiday special. A few things are. <laughs> <laughs> Stargirl said we couldn't watch it until she came back home for college for a winter break. So when she gets home, we're going to watch that. I think we're going to go see Wakanda forever. Nice. You know, we got a lot of stuff queued up when, when Star Girl's back. She wants to go skiing. Like, there's a lot to do, but uh, the holiday special is definitely is definitely on it. Nice. I think overall having a plan, like Groupproof just mentioned in the Twitch stream, like, you know, deciding not to play in December and reconvene in, in mid January. I think the key thing is like, you have a plan. You all yes. it just didn't have, the holidays didn't just happen and the campaign just didn't end, right? Like, you purposely said, hey, folks, like, we're going to restart in jail. Like, we're acknowledging the reality that we're all going our separate ways, but let's meet back here in January and continue to take the fight against the evil emperor, right? Right. Yeah. And
0: and having a, a definitive restart date is also is right. a good one. Then that way people can plan for that restart date.
1: Right. And I think I can't say that I've done this particularly well, but the other thought we had was, you know, using it as a logical breakpoint. So you know that December is coming, and we talked about this with pacing on previous episodes, right? Like once you have a if your campaign's been running for a bit, you have a sense for where the story is at and, and where the beats are, and you might get to a logical breakpoint slash cliffhanger that that just the wanting to come back to finish the adventure will bring people back in january right yeah um but also you know new year new campaign new dice yep right like you know wrap up the old campaign get ready to kick off a new one yeah there there is a danger in that one in that you could
0: wrap up the old campaign and then no new campaign starts so there is that danger yes, that there. Is a, there is a danger if you, and if you do end on like a, a, a cliffhanger, at least the cliffhanger can be one of those things of like, man, too bad that game didn't continue on past the holidays it was an awesome (laughs) cliffhanger that we ended on
1: i was gonna say like even even in those scenarios where you have a new game coming i think it comes back to the momentum if you have the opportunity to carry it forward right like hey like we have a couple of different breweries in town let's get together for a beer and just like have a proto session zero where we just talk about what we'd like to do in the campaign like you don't actually have to game you can just hang out for an hour and talk about your game (laughs) Yep,
0: for sure I think our last part is like, what, how do you restart things if the game did break up? Right. You know, I, I, I'm going to take what you had just there, which was, you know, if you get together with some friends at a brewery or at a movie or and and you go out, you know, say, hey, let's go out for dinner afterwards or whatever. Let's go for coffee. Get the group together and talk, you know, and remind them that it's fun to hang out together. Then say, hey, maybe we don't want to restart this game, but Do we want a game again? You know, what do we want to do? What what interests you guys? You know, what 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 is was fun about the last game that we could make fun in the new game? Right. It may also be something of, you know, we haven't gamed in a while and we don't really want to start the new game. Let's do a one shot just for fun to try something else that may not be D&D or try just try something with no strings attached that it would become a campaign. But yeah. then if people like it, maybe it would become a campaign. Yeah, There was a uh, an example of like ending a game on a cliffhanger, like doing a one shot, but having that one shot end as a cliffhanger. Oh. <laughs> and then people in the group might be like, Let's let's keep going with that. I want to find out what happens after that cliffhanger. That was a lot of fun. Right. And then you play a second game with no strings attached that it become a third game. But maybe it does. Or maybe it's at least enough of a catalyst to start a new campaign for a new set of games.
1: Yeah, I think ultimately kind of to the extent that you're able to get a good cadence going with your group or you're just you're familiar with your friends and you kind of know your own quirks like. Leverage those to know when those gaps might show up and and how you can account for them. Right. So I know if with my group, um, we had one friend who would always go to the beach in August and you take one person out of uh, his family would go away for two weeks. And we just we knew August was going to be tough. So we had a right. similar process in August. Right. Where maybe a handful of us would get together, to just see a movie or something. Right. But yep. at the end of the day, we knew August was going to be written off because we were planning ahead of time. Um, I mean, there's a lot of of places. There's a lot of parts in the year that are like
0: that, especially when you're older or have families. You know, yes. Uh, August. (laughs) August is August is Gen Con and and also other conventions. August is also traditionally like start of school. And depending upon what school system it is, it could be beginning of August or end of August so that, you know, all of August could be shot for your group. Who knows? Which uh, it can be pretty disruptive, but. Going back to what you said very early on, which is if you know about these events ahead of time, you can plan a few months ahead of time to take a break or plan an alternate thing around them. Like uh, when we would go to Gen Con, my gaming group in the last place we lived, uh, my gaming group would be like, okay, well, some of us are going to Gen Con. Some of us aren't. So the ones who are going to Gen Con have fun. The ones who right. aren't going to Gen Con, we're gonna to get together and do some gaming of some sort just to hang right. out and have fun. It's the the uncon sort
1: of thing. And you can definitely do that during holidays. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's just I guess ultimately what we're saying is be flexible. <laughs> yep. And be aware of your friends, right? Like kind of know what they're into and and don't be afraid to like spark those conversations. To avoid things just fizzling out, you really just need to be somewhat proactive about it and you know if you're the only person who's saying it that's okay <laughs> it doesn't mean that your other friends aren't necessarily interested it's just they could have stuff going on in their life where they just don't have the energy or the or the time or whatever to, to keep carrying the torch forward but if you do all the better why don't you take us on out all right so thanks for listening if you have feedback we love feedback you can send us to, send it to us at podcast at layer or via twitter at layer of secrets we stream this live on Twitch. So if you want to get your fix of things early and unedited, you can check us out there. We are Layer of Secrets, one word. You can also visit layerofsecrets.com and leave us some feedback, topic ideas, or your own thoughts on what we've talked about.
0: I'm gonna have add a great one, holiday, everybody. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> have a great holiday. I'm gonna add one little coda onto that. Twitter's kind of a dumpster fire right now. So we little are bad. also <laughs> now on Mastodon. We're at Layer of Secrets at dice.camp. Yes. That's the one. Yes. Uh, and so we'll put that in the show notes as well. We've actually gotten a heck of a lot more people call it engagement, but I call it conversation. Um, like over on Macedon than we have for a long time on Twitter. So, uh, join us over on Macedon and, uh, and, and talk with us. Uh, and there's also a little bit of impetus for us opening up our currently private discord to become a public discord so that you can also join us over there. But we'll let you know more about that when that opens. As Ken said, happy holidays, everyone.